What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ring the Bell podcast. Chris and Jason are here with you guys. Uh, we apologize for taking last week off. Uh, it's very unlike this show to take any time off, but the good thing is we're going to make it up to you. Uh, we are going to be doing a bonus episode this week. You are going to get this episode normal time on Sunday, and then you'll get another one probably Monday or Tuesday uh, before the biggest show of the year. And it's not like a guest or anything, but next Sunday show is the precursor to the finally the start of the 2023 Major League Baseball regular season. Um, I know there's so much happening within baseball right now with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, we'll touch on that in just a few seconds. Um, but nonetheless, next week's show is our our preview and predictions for the entire Philly season, something that we can all look back on throughout the season. Um, we're going to be giving you – we're going to be going down the lineup. We're going to give you our predictions on, you know, slash lines and stats and their whole records and where we think the Phillies are going to end up. Uh, if we're going to have a parade, if we're going to miss the playoffs and heads are going to roll, uh, maybe what we will give out our team awards um, prior. And hopefully maybe at the end of the year, one of us gets them all right, gets a couple right. We'll see how that goes. But that's next week's show because we are that much closer to, you know, real baseball here, baseball that counts. Um, so this is a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. So we will start off with some Phillies news. Um, just let everyone know that this week's show, and the bonus episode, we'll be talking about fantasy baseball. We'll be going over some fantasy baseball rankings here for you guys as as drafts are happening right now, all the way up and I guess through the first like two or three weeks of the season. Usually, um, I don't know why people even do that, but notwithstanding, it happens. Um, a little bit of Phillies news coming from John Heyman in the New York Post. Um, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, let's say Saturday. So on Friday, Jay, uh, it looks like John Heyman's hearing from certain sources i guess close to bryce harper that he is way ahead of schedule which we all kind of expected the guy to do he's already doing soft toss he's already hitting off tees um i'm sure it's at some point he's going to be taking some kind of batting practice uh very probably within a week or so um john Heyman's hearing man that uh may might be the comeback time for mv3 uh and we're all we all know that my prediction was no later than June 10th. Dean, uh, the guy who will you will see during the season, if they lose three games in a row, everybody should be fired, <laughs> sell the team, knock Citizens Bank Park down to the ground. Um, Dean predicted a couple, I want to say a week or so ago, that uh, he'll be back in May. Um, so he kind of just threw that one out there in the wind, and it may stick there. Um, Jason, your thoughts on, on that report about Harper possibly returning in May? I don't know. I we want to see him back with him in this lineup. Mm -hmm. it, it's going Dangerous, to man. be it is. It, it's it's really remindful of, of the 08, 09, 10 teams mm -hmm. just yeah. had up and down that lineup. Um, and as we saw last year and we saw in his MVP year, but Bryce can carry a team. He carried he mm -hmm. pretty much carried that team to a World Series last year with You're right. how well he played. So you you want him in you want him in your lineup. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just I don't want to see him re-injure it. And yeah. I know, I know he's going to start as a DH, um, but I, I think it's it's very important for the Phillies to start out with a leash on him because mm -hmm. he's a guy that goes, he's a hundred and ten percent player. Mm -hmm. he, he's a Chase Utley. That's that's yeah. the type of guy he is. Mm -hmm. um, so even I, to me in my head, I don't know 
I don't think Bryce would put himself in danger intentionally, but I I think he does want to get on that field. So I do think he's a type of dude that if he thinks he feels hundred percent, even if it's not, he's going to go out there. So I think the team needs to make sure um, that he's at least good enough to go DH, that it's not going to cause any additional issues because you don't, you know, you still got him for what, like another another 10 years eight years eight years. <laughs> nine years so yeah it's it's ridiculous how long much longer he's still signed for so and this team still has a pretty you know a couple of the, your bigger players are, are locked up right now yeah. so they have a, a good window so mm. you don't want him to come back and, and miss the rest of this season yep so i i think there needs to be some sort of leash on him to not mm-hmm. let him be a danger to himself just with, with how competitive he is that's a yeah, it's a great point. And that's kind of like how I feel. I mean, unless he comes back and the leash in my mind would be if you know, three games a week and then he sits for one or two until he's ready to fully go. But you know, if, if they say he's ready in May, I don't think he's gonna return in May. I really don't. I think May is really pushing it. Um, I think June is the 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 logical it might even be like June first, but I just don't see it being May. Um, Hey, look, if he comes back in May, that's, that's telling me that he's hundred percent ready to go. Because I, like you said, I don't think they're going to let him back on that field until he's hundred percent ready to go. He's way too valuable, um, to have get hurt or re-injure anything again. So, um, with that being said, your thoughts so far, man, on the world baseball classic, a lot of controversy going on about, you know, is it necessary you know, the Mets were meted once again this past week with Edwin Diaz, uh, you know, tearing his PCL. He's going to miss the entire 2023 season. I am just so really hurt and messed up about <laughs> about this whole situation with the, the Mets. Um, Freddie Freeman got hurt, but it doesn't look like that's going to affect his, his opening day status. Um, but look, you know, there's a lot of controversy, man, surrounding, you know, it's not the Olympics. It's a made up game. It's it's. It's literally like just an all-star game with your countries, and it there it doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't mean See, anything. I, but it's I, not I'm going to disagree a little bit with you there. I understand it's not the Olympics, but it has an Olympic feel. I agree because it's 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 country versus country, and even the players have come out and said like you know, we really want to win this for our country. Oh, Mike Trout has said this is the most yeah. fun he's had in baseball ever. So I, I think. While there's always going to be controversy and things like this, because especially in today's game, you're getting paid millions like Edwin Diaz just didn't. He just broke the record for most, you know, highest paid closer. So there's always going to be controversy when you have players making the kind of money they're making going out to represent their country or, you know, playing in in games that aren't meaningful when they're not well meaningful, like in terms of MLB, because that's where they're getting paid to play. So there's always going to be that controversy. But man, it's 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 been fun to watch. You've seen a lot of teams just excited for their country and and the viewership. I think, it, you know, in terms of baseball wanting viewership, hmm. this to me the, the the records it's breaking for for views. It is how much of each country is watching. To mm-hmm. me, that's bigger than any little game change, a little pitch clock, or you know, getting rid of a shift is going to be. So right. I, I think baseball has to. While it stinks, you lose some of your, you know, two or three stars, you know, mm-hmm. potentially could go down. I think the viewership that it's bringing in some of these guys, like they said, Otani's went up. I think, you know, it sounds dumb, but like 1.5 million Instagram followers since this thing. He's mm-hmm. the first base. So 
it, it brings the game on a global level, yeah. which right now it, it still probably isn't. So it just, I think it, it, it's helping grow the game in general, which I think is a great thing. I agree. I was basically just kind of relaying what the controversy has been, what people have been saying. Um, no, yeah, especially I the Mets. They're close. I think it's great for the base for baseball. I mean, hey, look, the Mets fans are worried about Edwin Diaz, but Brandon Nimmo gets hurt in spring training game, and no one's yelling, "Well, oh, spring training shouldn't be happening." So it's like, yeah. you know, um, th- it was no, a fluke. Like it, it fluky is. things are going to happen. Like you could mm-hmm. get. You see dog piles all the time in baseball when you have like a no hitter towards knee up, man. Yeah. So there's so many things to me just playing. You could, there's so many different areas that you could get hurt. I understand it's because he's actually playing there, but it's so many different avenues. I, I think that it's just an overreaction and, and it's more localized to teams that are losing, you know, their big time players. Cause if somebody from, you know, from Italy that nobody knows of tears a hamstring, nobody's going to care. So I, I agree. Um, and I don't mean uh, to bang on Italy people. If anybody Italians out there, I'm not banging on Italy. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that country's not listening. I have to go look at the analytics, but uh, <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to the main topic of our show and get through this, man. Um, again, this, this segment of the show is presented by SeatGeek. Head over to SeatGeek.com right now and use our code on the bump for $20 off your very first ticket purchase. Um, we're going to talk some fantasy baseball, man. And um Jay, I want you to take the lead on this, man. Where are we going to start with this and, and how are we breaking this down for the folks listening? So we're just going to kind of go position by position, you know, yeah. top five, top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get the pitchers, might go a little more. But I, I want to start with with my first baseman okay? because um, you see a lot of power hitting, yep. you know, and I think a lot of it when I'm when I'm looking through, everybody's got a different strategy. So I've started to go more towards the home run power strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, for everybody listening, if you're going first baseman, I think you lead off. Um, with, with Vlad Guerrero, I just think I he, he's so good. Um, his averages are down a little, little last year, but he's a guy that's going to give you, you know, 30 and 100. Um, mm-hmm. so to me, he's number one. I have Goldschmidt number two after last year. He seems to really I. brought it up, so mm-hmm. I think that's a, a great pick. Um, now my number three, and I, I hate to say it because he's a Met, but is Pete Alonso. I just mm. think his, his power numbers and the RBI numbers, um, are really up there. And to me, it was it was a between him and, and Freeman. I had Freeman at number four. I just think him lose. I trade Turner going out of that lineup is going to hurt um, a little bit with his numbers. So to me, okay. I just I kind of look at stuff like that. Um, and my I'll round out my five, and I have uh, Jose Abreu because I think him going to hmm. uh, Houston. Um, he had thirty four. No, he had fifteen home runs last year. Mm-hmm big difference but batted 304 he gets runs so i think in a lineup where he's probably going to be three four or five is mm-hmm. definitely going to increase some of those rbi numbers um and i tend i try to lean more towards average guys unless it's something where you see a, a you know pete alonzo could be 250 to 270 yeah banging 40 so to me i try to lean i like i do like average because i think it's a one of those categories you can get steal, you know, steal a category. Um, so yep. he that kind of rounds out my top five for for first baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are you thinking? So mine number one was Freddie Freeman. Actually, um, you know when I when I look at Freeman, um, he led baseball in hits and doubles. He led the NL in on base percentage in 2022. Um, you know I think for the last decade he's been one of baseball's best players. He had the second, um, he had the second highest expected batting average among qualifying hitters. Um. He hit, you know, his slash line was, you know, the last two seasons, if you combine them, is 313, 405, and a 507. Um, 
But, you know, in 318 games, he has hit 52 home runs against the 80 that Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. has combined for in that two years and that basically two year span. Um, Vlad Guerrero comes in number two for me. The reason why Vlad Guerrero comes in too is one, he's 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 I think he's a little bit more prone to miss more games than Freddie Freeman would. Um, so, you know, my number one is Freeman and Vlad Guerrero. And, I, you know, when you when I say those two names at any given point, they're interchangeable. Usually when people rank things, if you're like one, two, and three, they can be interchangeable often. So um, Freeman's my number one. Vlad's my number two. Pete Alonzo is my number three. Um, Paul Goldschmidt would be my four. And then my surprising number five is Matt Olson. Um, I, I like the power numbers that Olson brings. Um, I know that's not, you know, but the but what's so great about him is that he's as durable as they come for the second straight time. You know, he played all 162 games in 2022. Um, he's reduced his strikeouts. Um, and, you know, he, he's in terms of like batted ball metrics, particularly like his exit velocity of his hits is literally like top four in baseball. Um, he's also top five in um, barrel rate, which is like incredible, which is just wild to think of. But that's that's my top five. Um, I know it was a little bit different than yours. I know you had Goldie at number one. Um, you think Gladi Gold- at one? I'm sorry, I think Goldie. At one. Goldie was to me. Um, Goldie's two. Right. You think Goldie's going to be able to hold up another season like that? Yeah. Like with those I just, I, he's I just th- a professional hitter. He's yeah. He's just so good. Yeah. He's been mm-hmm. so good his whole career. So uh, even if it dips a little bit, you know, he's still in. He's such a in such a good lineup. And you know, or Arenados, they, they just have they have a lot of guys that can play. Mm-hmm. So I really like. And then to me, every year he's he's always you know a top three mm-hmm. first baseman in fantasy. I did have Olsen at six. I yeah. think he to okay. me, I just don't like that average. I understand the power numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think those top guys, I think your top five are really interchangeable there. Like you, you I don't think you go wrong anywhere with, you know, those top guys rounding out my, my 10, I had Olsen. Um, I, and these are, are probably interchangeable just cause I think once you get to these guys after Olsen, I think you have, you know, a Reese Hoskins, a CJ Crone. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know how to say the, his last name, Vinny Pasquantino from Kansas city. If I'm butchered yeah, that, I'm yeah. sorry. It's okay. Uh, Nate Lowe. And I actually really like Christian Walker. He, he's I like my Christian top Walker as well. Yeah. He, he, he made my top 10. Power. So yeah. t- to me, you round them out. I think once you get past five or six, um, it's more what you prefer. If you want guy with, you know, better average, a guy that's going to hit two thirty, um, and hit a bunch of home runs. I do think some of those averages will come up this year with mm-hmm. getting rid of the shift. Um, but I, I think you're about six through 10 or kind of, you know, you're starting to, get the lower end tier first baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely want to try to get one of those guys. Cause after that, it really, um, you kind of got to get lucky and kind of just to give a little hint, since we're a Philly show, I do expect Reese Hoskins to have a little bit inflated numbers this year, being it is a, the almighty contract year. So if he knows he's not going to be in Philadelphia, which it's leaning towards that way, as always in pro sports, guys turn it on when it's a contract year, you know, don't put it past Reese Hoskins. All of a sudden, get closer to that forty home run mark out of bad nowhere. Three, bad three thirty. Oh, great! <laughs> if he hits three thirty, we might not have a choice. 
These fans are going to go wild. If I he know. hits anywhere near 300, it's going to be. Oh, my God. And I don't say terrible because it'd be great for the season. Of course. But the fans that really want to keep him are, are going to are going to be relentless. I know. And we'll Vian's talk. going to hate it. I know. It's going to be wild. And we'll be de- talking probably a lot more about Reese next week. Um, all right. Where are we going next? Second base? Second base. Yeah. All right, um, go ahead. To me, this was a little harder. I, it I was. Think you got to start out with Altuve, um, yes. number one. He did have a comeback season. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you'll probably hear a couple names a few times here just because I have to rank them where their position ranks. Okay. So to me, I'm putting, I'm putting Mookie at two because uh, he does get second base eligibility, even though he's a right fielder. Um, okay. So some of these top tens, you'll probably hear a couple guys, like I said, at the same time. Uh, my number three is Marcus Simeon. He, his average was down last year, but the dude, he's going to hit, he's going to score runs. He's going to get you a good amount of home runs. Some RBIs. Yeah. And definitely the, the one category steals. He's, he's definitely mm-hmm. going to get you some steals. Um, yeah. To me, after that, I like Andreas Jimenez. I wow. think he's a, he's a good average because I, I look at average. His you yeah, know the you offensive do. numbers, a lot of these guys kind of are around 17 to 20 home runs. Um, so it's, that's that's my four. My number five is going to be Tommy Edmond. I, I like his top of the top of the order guy with mm-hmm. um, St. Louis. He's going to his average is a little lower than I'd like, but he's going to get you a lot of runs and he's stealing bases. And I think I, I like to go after stolen bases kind of and set them up second second base shortstop because a lot of people don't go for steal. So it's to me, it's one of those categories. If you kind of fill out the rest of your roster, yeah. Um steals is a good one to kind of quote unquote steal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I terrible. understand. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of rounds out my top five yeah. for you know. With, with second baseman. Yeah. So, yeah, I have Mark uh, Jose Altuve, my number one. That goes without saying. He's a mutant. The guy just doesn't age. Um, Marcus Simeon is my number two. I mean, Simeon was second in home runs with 26. RBIs with 83. 101 runs. And again, like Jay said, um, the almighty steals in baseball. It's going to go up now. And he had 25 last year. So you would think with steals that are going to, I think, really spike this season with the bigger bases. Um, you would think Simeon should gain what? Maybe another 10 stolen bases and put him in that 30 mark. He may. So he, he could he definitely be a could. 30, 30 second baseman this season. So yeah. that's a big deal uh, for fantasy va- baseball. Um, Ozzy Albies is my number three. You know, I know he, he entered last season coming off a year in which he set career highs with 30 homers, 106 RBIs, 20 steals. He broke his foot and then broke a finger, which really hurt his entire season. Um, He wasn't right when he came back. He only hit eight homers in those 64 games, but a healthy uh, Ozzy Albies man, he just turned 26. Could be a problem. He's he's a very good... He's a very yeah. good player when healthy. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. in my he's in my six through ten. Mm-hmm. So uh my number four is Jazz Chisholm Jr., the worst cover athlete in the history of of <laughs> of video games. Um, but look, he just turned 25. He was again, I like I don't know why I'm pick I pick guys that got hurt a lot, but I look at what they can do when they're healthy. Um, I think he, you know, in 60 games last year, he hit 254, 325, and 535 was 14 home runs and 12 steals. He was also a really good start, and then he had the stress fracture in his back. Um, but the Marlins do plan on playing him in center field this season a little bit, but he still has, again, like Mookie Betts, he has that second base eligibility. Um, I just really like what this kid can do. And again, I think in fantasy baseball for the last few years, like stolen bases can really help a team win weeks. And I think with some of these guys that are historically stealing 
15 to 25 bases a year, they're going to go up. And if Chisholm is, is healthy, I think he's going to be just fine. Um, so that was my number four. Yeah. So my number five is basically the same number five as Jason, which is Tommy Edmond. Um, he had a breakout season last year. He had a 725 OPS uh, with 13 home runs and had 32 steals. He had 35 extra base hits, 31 doubles, four triples total there. So, and he hit out of the leadoff position for the Cardinals last year. So he's going to probably do that again. And it doesn't hurt when you have uh, the reigning MVP and who could have been the other MVP, Nolan Arenado heading behind you. So I have a feeling that by 2024, our second baseman rankings might lead off with Tommy Edmond. But God, he's, yeah, he's good. But as of he's right good. now, I have him at five, but I have a feeling next year he might be the first guy we say at second base. Um, all right, where you, you want to go shortstop? Yes. So going shortstops, I think um is is these are a little tougher because i think there's a lot of good a lot of good shortstops i think to me number one was easy yeah um i have to go with our hometown trey turner um number two to me is Bo bichette i think he's just come he's his last few years he's really um he's been a problem very good toronto um and he, they got a lot of good hitters up there um, so I think his home run numbers, his RBI numbers are going to stay the same. He could get you a decent amount of steals. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three, I do think Bobby Witt Jr. has a has a bit, little bit of a bigger year offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the average is going to go up, but he's a dude that had 20 home runs, 80, 80 RBIs, 30 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely one of those guys. He's a five-tool prob- player, man. Yeah, the only problem is they don't have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the runs, and you know, so he may not – you never know with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Seager is number number four for me. I think the dude's still going to hit bombs. He had 33 and 83 last year, 91 mm-hmm. runs. Average is a little lower. Um, and my number five is a dude that um, just got, got a pretty big contract, so I hope he doesn't go off his career year. I, I really do like Dan. I like Dansby. I think, wow. I think he's good. Um, I, I do. I was kind of chewing on a Lindor, a Tatis. Um, Tim Anderson could have a big year, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how I did my five. Uh, I'm really upset. I didn't put Xander in there because I do think he's a, he's a very good player. He's a guy yeah. that's going to bring your average up. Um, but th- those are the dudes I think are just going to have big years, but I do think you can't go wrong with, you know, any of your top six, top seven and shortstop really depends on your preference. Um, but I think to me, I think the clear cut just because everything he's going to provide is Trey Turner. Cause I think he's, you know, he's going to be a five tool dude. He could his he had 21 or no 27 steals last year and yep. it could go up. So when was the last time, man, that the shortstop position's been this deep? It's been a long time. In fantasy it, it, baseball. Pro- I yeah. would say probably early 2000s when yeah. you had Jeter, Nomar, A Rod, and Tejada. Molina. Yeah, there were so many good players back then. I think that yeah. was probably the last time you had this many like stud shortstop. Crazy, man. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we all will have the number, the same number one, and that's Trey Turner. Even if we weren't Phillies fans or podcasts, that Trey Turner's the best overall shortstop in baseball. He could but, go number one overall in your draft. He, like, that's how good he is. And it would make total sense, which is crazy. My number two is also Bo Bichette. I mean, look, Bo was like a fantasy owner's dream when it came up to racking up hits last year, had 191 hits in 2021. He then um, had 189 last year. 
So he also let's I mean he he's a stud. He had 43 doubles last year. He had 24 homers, 93 RBIs. Um his stolen base number was down. Um because he he did he was a year removed from stealing 25. But guess what? He's only 25 years old and I'm pretty sure Again, these stolen bases are going to go up. So I can see him getting back to that 25 number again. So Bo Bichette's my number two. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., again, a five-tool player. Like He's an incredible. I mean, he he's a kind of player that you can see in, you know getting MVP votes. He, he could be a Trey Turner in a few years. Exactly. Like, I, I was going to say that. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, didn't mean to take your thunderbolts. No, no, no. no. I <laughs> meant like I was thinking that, but I, I don't know why I didn't say it. But um, yeah, Bobby Witt Jr. is that kind of kid who you might see getting MVP votes, like a lot of them. Um, I wasn't going to give anything to Fernando Tatis Jr. I think he's a scumbag. So well, he's plus, not I gonna... think they're. I didn't rank him just because I thought they were moving to right field. So I like to me, I make sense. Playing right field every day. Yeah. I didn't put him at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander is my number four. I really, I've always just liked Xander. I really do. I'm just big fan. Um, and I'm going to go uh, with Corey Seager, number five, who I think is going to have a pretty big, big year in uh, in Texas. So um, yeah, that rounds out my five. And then again, after that, I have. O'Neill Cruz in there, Dansby, um, Wander Franco, um, Carlos Correa, who I, God, whatever team he's going to end up playing for. <laughs> um, I think Correa could have a, a sneaky good season as well if he, if he obviously stays healthy. Um, but yeah. yeah. So Jeremy Pena in there, I think he could oh have, gosh, have a Jeremy big year, especially coming off, you know, his, his postseason. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, a guy like Gunnar Henderson, I think yes. shortstop is, is super deep. I think after your top, you know, three or four kind of drops off, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, 20 home run guys. Mm-hmm. guys that there, there's a little bit of everything you want in fantasy in, in your shortstop all over. Even a dude like a med Rosario could have a sneaky solid season. There, there's so many people. And the great thing is a lot of these guys do get that secondary position. So you, you move them around the, the way you like, and then there's yeah. always, you know, there's always people that you just don't expect. And I, I do think Tim Anderson does, like I think I said it earlier, but I think he has, you know, a better season because he did get hurt last year. He did, yeah. Um, so hopefully him and him and Harper could stay out of those, what was it, Dairy Queen commercials this year just <laughs> to not get injured. Um, yeah. But I do think shortstop is, or no, third base, yeah, shortstop, is a super deep position this year. I agree. And uh, before we get to another stacked position this year, third base, we're going to take a quick uh, pause for the cause and we're going to talk about one of our main sponsors here. And then when we get back, we'll round out um, the the offensive players and then we'll 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 table the pitching for Monday's uh, episode. So uh, this is the Ring the Bell podcast. I'm Christy Francesco. That's Jason Kent. We'll be right back in just a few moments. All right, guys, Manscaped now sells beard products. That is correct. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shade, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using our code BASEBALL20 for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. It's time to tame your mane, gentlemen. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the coup de grace, the beard hedger. This thing is an absolute juggernaut of fixing your face. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. 
So no more messy drawers full of all the extra add-ons. Where can I find the one? Where can I find the two? Where can I find the 0.5? No, all 20 hair lengths are in one guard on this monster beard hedger. That's right. Face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Just get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus it's waterproof. So you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Sounds like some other stuff. The pro kit doesn't need to end there though. They have created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post trim care. First, there is a wonderful scented beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember, guys, that all your hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why the kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit... Uh, has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. No, you, no, trust me, you don't want that. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath it. Look at that, two for one, just like that. While adding a little shimmer and shine, making sure that you look extra fine. Cap off the kit with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Kit Beard also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BASEBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using BASEBALL20 as the code. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Welcome back. Ring the Bell Podcast, Christy Francesco here, Jason Kent. We are talking fantasy baseball, ladies and germs, and we are getting in to a stacked position full of studs. So, you know, the question is, you know, when should you consider selecting a third baseman during your fantasy drafts? Early, very early. The cream so of the cr- Yeah, the cream of the crop includes like some of the best players in the world. Um, so you talk about top tier dudes. Let's get into this. Um I'll just, I guess I'll do my number five first, my top five, my number one, he's in a tier kind of pretty much by himself. And that's Jose Ramirez. Um, You could make an argument that J Ram could be a number one overall pick considering his power speed blend. And, you know, after your top six in the position, it gets kind of scarce, but regardless, he likely won't be available outside of the top five, you know, his stack cast metrics, you know, they won't pop out at you. But he puts up steady high-level production because he he leans into his pull side power and hits a ton of fly balls. Um, you know, only National League home run champ, the King Kyle Schwarber, had a higher fly ball rate than Ramirez last season. But unlike Schwarber and many other massive power hitters, Ramirez piles uh, up the run production without striking out. He has an 11% K rate, which is tied for ninth in major league baseball. So the dude can just hit a baseball. Like it's, it's, that's how good he is. Um, So yeah, I'm, you know, my number one goes to Jose Ramirez. My number two, I don't like the guy at all. (laughs) I knew you. As soon as I heard the pause, I knew where you were going, (laughs) but it's gotta be, it's gotta be Manny Machado. Like it just has to be. And I can't just. I'm not a fan of the guy, but he separates himself, man. Is he's gonna be the only guy in the entire third baseman class 
you know, of the upper tiers who's going to steal bases. He's going to have double digit steals. Um, he went nine of 10. He, he went, I'm sorry. He had, um, he had 12 in 2021. He had 10 last season, but he's going to get more than that this year. Again, steals are going to go up. So I expect him to hit possibly that 15 mark. Now um, he, he, his plate discipline is incredible. Um, he was a runner up for the MVP this past season. Um, he's going to absolutely probably thrive hitting behind scum like Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, and Tatis Jr. You know, just the lineup is disgusting. Um, I wish them nothing but failure. But still, from a fantasy standpoint, Machado is my number two. Um, Nolan Arenado is my number three. Um, Just, again, an argument could have been made that he was the NL MVP last season. And again, an absolute all world, quite possibly the best defensive third baseman to ever live. Um, that's my number three. Uh, Rafael Devers is my number four, and Austin Riley is my number five. I really wanted to put Gunnar Henderson in that number five spot, but I, I still think Austin Riley is gonna gonna hold that there um, just for one more season because man, he's a beast. And if you know, so that that's my number five. That's my top five there. Um, Alex Bregman. Um, and Gunnar Henderson are probably that that six and seven spots. Um, but what about you? What's your top five look like? Pretty much the same. I ha- I have Jose, uh, you know, Jose and Manny, not one and two. Uh, my number three is Nolan. Um, I have Austin at four just because to me, I don't really l- it, it looked more like I said, it looked more at the team as well. And and Atlanta's just stacked. And all you know, every all those teams are playoff teams from last year. Cleveland may not have the super talent that the other three teams have. Um, but I yeah, Jose is just far. I, to me, he separates himself from everyone else, you know, because in, in fantasy baseball, it's all about offense. Nobody cares about how great, you know, Nolan Arredondo is defensively. Um, mm-hmm. and I so I put I put Raffi at five just because I, I, I know he's gonna have the power numbers. And he's going to hit well for average. Um, he just may not have those RBIs and those runs just because of the team around him again. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, I think your next level, you have guys like like Bregman who can play really well. Eugenio Suarez had 31 home runs last year. Yep. Chapman's going to have 27. I really think Bohm can have a breakout year. And you have guys like Brandon Jerry, Rand, uh, Ryan McMahon. A lot, and then even Cabrian Hayes, who I think had a down year last year, has done good before. Um, so you really, after your, I think your top five are pretty are, are great for third baseman. I think you want to go after one of those guys. Um, but if you miss out on them, I do think there's a. It's very deep and it's very talented. Where mm-hmm. you may not, you may want to try to go after another position that's not as stacked first. Yeah. Um, but I think the top five are are pretty universal and and they're just studs of the game. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Alec Bohm can really insert himself in that top seven after a, this season. If he, you know, hits the way we expect him to hit for over the course of a full season. I don't know, man, you could, we could be seen. And he seemed to pick it up last year. Yeah. It, it, he, he's his rookie year really well. Second mm-hmm. season kind of down. I think he even got sent back to the minors. So he wasn't playing so well last mm-hmm. year. He really seemed to come into his own after early season troubles with some errors and it just seemed to come into his own as, as a ball player. Um, so yeah, I, I think he could definitely um, be a stud this season. I agree. And I really, really want to. Yeah. I mean, look, and he played in, in um, he played 74 home games last year um, and he hit 295, 330 uh, on base percentage um, had 47 RBI, six home runs. And that's just, you know, that's just at home. 
So, you know, I'm looking his second half numbers were really good last year. His second half numbers, um, 285, 330, 410, 730 OPS. So look, who knows, man, you know, he has the ability to be a, just a really good player this upcoming season. Um, I expect the home runs to go up from 13 to maybe 20. I think those RBIs could go, you know, close to that 85 mark. Uh, the batting average, you know, he hit 280 last season. I I can't see why he couldn't get that up to maybe 290 and make a 335, 340 on base percentage. I think you know, I think those power numbers go up, go up too. I really do. Yeah, I do too. That's why I'm saying I think he might get to that 20 mark. I mean, I, I can't, I don't, I mean, he had 165 hits last season. So the dude puts the ball in play. He had 25 doubles, three triples. So yeah, I think maybe in 2024, we could be here in Alec Bohm's name in that top 10 of third baseman, which would be phenomenal. Um, all right, let's get to our, let's round out this, this week's episode or this first episode um, with the outfielders, man. I mean, this is where these are the money makers here. Um I think we all know who number one is, but I'll let you uh, do your top five first. Go ahead. So my number one's Juan Soto. <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> cool. You've no. been fired on the air. <laughs> um, it's t- like, I really want to go trout, but it's tough for me to, you, you can't after what judge did last season. Yeah. I don't know if you can really take anybody else. Number one. Um, and trout's injury history really has kind of dropped him down some. I know. So I, I think, I think Aaron Judge is one. I think it's pretty easy to me. I, I still put Trout at two because he, you know he still had had forty home runs in one hundred nineteen games last year. Um, so they're one and two. Acuna is number three for me. I think he could stay healthy. Um, I have Julio at number four, and I have mm-hmm. Juan Soto at number five. But then you're still missing guys like Jordan Alvarez, uh, Mookie Betts, who is an mm-hmm. outfielder. Yep. You know, there's still and Kyle, you know Kyle Schwarber, even though he just hits home yep. runs. Michael but, Harris, you Michael yeah, Harris, he is came second. on. You know, Lewis Robert Jr. There's, yep. there's you could just keep going. Yep. Um, so I think in your top five, is, to me, it's more about risk versus reward. Um, so I do think you know a guy like Aaron Aaron Judge, or Julio Rodriguez, Jordan Alvarez are, are more healthy than yeah. other guys. Soto to me is always a guy that's healthy. So you may be better suited to go guys like them instead of Acuna, who seems to get hurt, and a, and a Mike Trout, who you know if, if he plays a full season, dude's oh, probably God, yeah. MVP every year. Mm-hmm. But he we have seen him drop back in fantasy because of that. Um, but I, I to me I just. And I, I know you hate it. To me, I if if Soto, I think Soto to me, out of those guys, has the most upside because I think with that lineup, and I think he comes back a little bit next year. And yes, mm-hmm. this is my chance to really talk about Soto, even because he's not a Philly. <laughs> uh, this kid just is next level, and I think the lineup around him next year, I think Soto has a great shot to be MVP uh, next year. So he's a dude that if you could probably get in the second round i mm-hmm. think that's a steal and i think you guys should draft him there because i think a lot of his current ranking is pretty low mm-hmm. so i think okay. he's going around 100 so if you guys can snag wow. early, jesus yeah yeah he's, he's in that tier can... one of outfielders so I, the go 100th is wild to me yeah i think some people kind of see that as downplay a little bit but i think the kid 
you know, mm-hmm. on base percentage, unless your league does on base percentage, you know, it's really high mm-hmm. um, average drop. But I think he I think and it's it's tough to say a dude with 93 runs and 27 home runs has a breakout year. Um, But I think his numbers go up to me. I think Soto could be, um, you know, could be a 40 home run, you know, 130 RBI guy this year. And I know you don't like that. No, no, it's okay. This is fantasy. So I'm taking, you know, my personal preference of of this guy, my personal opinion out. But number one for me has to be. Did you do your five? I'm sorry. I did. Yeah. Okay. okay. Judge. Judge in no particular order. We got Judge Trout. Um. Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, and you were done Alvarez. Yeah, okay. So mine's kind of around that same one, just a little bit, things are a little bit different, but my my top two are the same as yours. I mean, Aaron Judge, nothing needs to be said, right? I mean, it, he might not hit 62 home runs again, but I can still assume if the dude's healthy, he's hitting 55 and 125 and hitting and he had 16 stolen bases last year. And like, 133 runs. And he's six foot eight. Yeah. It's God. Just, it's incredible. Um, so he's number one. Trout is still my number two because if Trout would have played like a and a, a would they have a hundred games last year? If he would have played yeah. 130, he might have actually beaten out Judge for the MVP because his numbers would have been ridiculous. Um, my number three is Julio. And I put Julio up ahead of Acuna for one reason. I can't expect Acuna to stay healthy. That's yeah. the only problem I have. If if Acuna it was coming off a healthy season, I would put him number three with ease. But my number three uh, is Julio. I think Julio is a five-tool superstar, and I think you could be looking at a guy that's going to get MVP votes this season. I really do. Um, my number four is Kyle Schwarber. I'm just kidding. It's not Kyle Schwarber. Um, that would have been that would have been embarrassing. Um, <laughs> now my number three is Acuna because again, I'm not going to put him in the top three, which is like my tippy top tier, but he's right there because again, when Ronald Acuna Jr. is healthy, you're looking at a legitimate top three player in baseball. He's yeah. incredible, and I hate it because he's a brave. Um, my number four is I'm sorry. My number and my number five is Jordan Alvarez. I hate to say this because he just he murked everybody at the playoffs last season, including ending the Philly season. Um, but again, the dude's a stud. Like he's just a stud. Um, and I can only see him getting better. So um, so that's my top five outfielders. Um there's you know, so many other good ones. You got Kyle I know. Tucker. Kyle like Tucker, said, you know, Soto's not in there right now. Mookie can be there. Um you know, Tiasca Hernandez going to Seattle, so that could help him with there. There's there's just so many dudes that hit power. Byron Buxton had 28 home runs last year. Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds is a dude that could, if he gets traded, his his fantasy numbers could go up if he goes to an actual team. I think Corbin Carroll is a rookie. This kid could come out. They, you know, he's there. They just paid him big money as yep. a dude that's had 100 at bats in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So they, they expect him to come out, you know, and like you, we, you know, you had the joke about Shore, but he's a dude, you know, he's number his moving him down in the lineup and the shift can drastically throw this dude up in fantasy rankings because he's going to get the RBIs, but more RBIs. He's, he may not hit 46 home runs again mm-hmm. he did hit a lot that was his, you know career high but you can pencil him in for 35 and yep. if he hits 35 home runs and you move him down to two or three dude can have a hundred 115 rbis and so there's a lot of a lot of depth and i think but i think after your top five to seven mm-hmm. it's more of 
what statistic am I going after? Mm-hmm. Most people are looking at the home runs and RBIs, yep. but there's a lot of, you could just choose a statistic. You'd be like, okay, that's, you know, go, go that way. And there's a little bit of every, you know, anything for everyone in your outfield um, in, in, after those top 10 guys. And if you're looking for like a tier three, tier four possibility sleeper, which we'll get into in the next episode that we sent out to you guys this week, Nick Castellanos, man, if Castellanos has a bounce back season, that's not a bad, you know, fourth or fifth outfielder to have in your lineup. Just yeah, saying. missing dudes like, you know, a guy that if he if healthy Stanton. Like there's I, so I many, there's no. so many extra guys. Jeff McNeil, I, it's batted 326. Yep. There's George Springer, hun- Brian Reynolds, Byron Buxton. You know, Nick, yeah, there's there's so many extra guys. So I, I think your top, yeah. your top five, top seven are you want to try to get one of those guys to solidify. Yeah. yeah. And then you just look at, you know, Anthony Santander had 33 home runs and 89 RBIs on a Baltimore team that looks like they're ready for that next push. So there's a little bit of everything um, for everyone. And and you can't go wrong with your anywhere in your top, your top seven, the top 10. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys. Um, so if you want to go, you know, look at this is one of those positions. Again, you might want to try to look at at a position that's not as deep. Because you could probably get one of those top, you know, seven to ten outfielders, hmm. not you know, outside of the first round. So your first round pick, if you have, you could get a dude like a uh, Jose Ramirez early on. Yep. That's you know the class of their position. I, I would go that route. And I just want to make a prediction here. I think two of the players that we mentioned in our top five is going to be 30-30 players, with one of them possibly being a forty forty player. Um. I think uh, Julio is going to be 30-30, maybe 35-35. I think Acuna is going to be 30-30. I think Acuna has the ability to be a 40-40 guy. I really do. So Um, do you think they move? The only problem with Julio, I think they, with how good he is, then he got paid a lot. Do they want him? I think he's going to be in the two-hole. Okay. He's been playing. I mean, before he went to the Royal Baseball Classic, he was in the two-hole. Because they brought in Colton Wong, who's leading off. Okay. Um. So that that's a big deal for him because again, that leadoff spot hurts those those numbers. Um. But I still think he's a thirty thirty guy for sure. I mean, he was twenty seven and twenty seven this year. Yeah. So I I would assume he's going to get more stolen bases and get more home runs. But um, Acuna is the 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 guy that could push that that forty forty mark. Which would be insane. God, if um, Michael Harris Jr. Michael Harris yeah. second plays every day, he could be a 25, 25, 30, 30 guy too. Absolutely. There's God, just the Braves so are many. so loaded. They, it's it's tough. I, I think know. they have like two of their two outfielders in the top 10 ranking of, of for fantasy. Mm. There's it, it's it, outfield's a deep position. For anybody that does fantasy, outfield's a deep position. Um, and like I said, a lot of it depends. It's it's league per league. Because I know, you know, most leagues go with, you know, your runs, home runs, RBI, stolen bases average. So, you know, that's kind of how I judge. Um, it seems like most people go for power. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of it, you don't want to, the problem with fantasy is you don't want to miss on your first or second round pick. Like those are big picks. So if you take a trout early on and he gets hurt, that's why I tend to lean more towards guys that tr- are, are everyday players. Um Last year, I was very upset that I my one chance I ever had to get Trout, and I skipped on him, and he was killing it. Mm-hmm. And then I laughed at my buddy because he got hurt, so I was pretty happy about it, which is terrible. I shouldn't be happy somebody gets hurt. But, <laughs> you know, I, I that's where I lean a dude like Soto or Julio. Th- those guys tend to stay healthier. So I think mm-hmm. in your first round, you have to lean more towards like Jose Ramirez, guys that, 
you know, and I know baseball is a sport you can get injured. Um, but guys that are statistically more healthy, yeah. it seems like they usually are. And guys that seem to get hurt, like a Stanton, like Trout, they seem to just every year go on that injury list. Yep. And that's more tough, especially a guy like Trout who plays your first hundred games and he's missing the rest of the season. I know. So yeah, tough. Um, all right, that wraps up this this episode. Again, we're gonna drop another episode to you guys Monday or Tuesday. We will probably record that Monday and get that out to you guys right away. That is going to be starting pitchers, relief pitchers, and our sleepers. Um, sleepers could take a few because it's all mixed up with different positions. So uh, we'll be dropping that one um, in the beginning of next week. So we hope you enjoy this one. I would also like to spend, uh, send a special shout out to the Rob and Stu show. Uh, you can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, they had me on as a guest on Friday, I believe it was. I don't even know. All my days run together. Thursday, I think. Actually, yeah, Thursday. Um uh, great conversation with them guys. I really appreciate the the chat. Thank you for reaching out. It was an honor. So um, again, the Robin Stew show, look that up anywhere. You guys listen to podcasts, um, RTB baseball on Instagram at ring the bell, eight, five, six on the Twitter. Um, and before we get out of here, uh, follow at gold rush show. That's my 49ers podcast. Uh, Cowboys takeover, uh, which is um, Jason's brand new uh, very successful uh, Dallas Cowboys podcast. Uh, Jay, tell us about uh, what we can, uh, what we can expect from that show. Right now, it's just a lot of a, a lot of um, the season just started. Free agency just hit, so our first, you know, with with the Cowboys talk is really just kind of going through guys they um, are resigning right now. A lot of guys we're looking forward to. We're two episodes in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a lot of super content. We kind of hit hard on on last season, our thoughts and um, opinions about what happened last year. Um, our second episode was really kind of just looking. Um, we kind of did a dive into the division. We call our you know our rivalry roundup, kind of look mm -hmm. at the division, see what they did in free agency. We hit a little bit on Dallas because they um, had definitely had some big moves so far this offseason, um, you know, resigning some players and making some trades. Um, and then just in the future, we're just, you know, it's really right now it's, we're just gearing up for the season. So it's kind of just looking, um, next few episodes will be draft related. Um, and I'm excited to hit, you know, I'm excited for football. I think more this year than I have been in the past. Um, I'm just, and it's super stoked and, and I, it's my, it's a good friend of mine. Aaron does it with me. So we're just, we're ready to hit hard. He's a huge Cowboys fan. Um, so we're just ready to hit the, you know, hit this podcast running and, and really we're looking, you know, next few weeks we'll be diving into the draft and and kind of who Dallas should be taking and what moves they should be move, uh, making coming up. Phenomenal. And you guys can follow that podcast at CT underscore podcast one. That's at CT underscore podcast one. And again, my podcast is out the Gold Rush um, at Gold Rush Show on Twitter um, at Gold Rush Niners Pod on Instagram. Uh, again, so thank you guys so much. This has been the Ring the Bell podcast. Uh, again, a bonus episode coming to you guys Monday night or early Tuesday morning, preparing for the regular season episode, the prediction episode next week. I cannot believe we are already here. We are so pumped to talk to you guys all season long. It's going to be so much fun because, little spoiler alert, I think, I think we're going to be attending a parade in November. But um, let's we'll talk about that. In at length next week on the Ring the Bell podcast. I'm Chris, that's Jason, and we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a great one, and as always, go Phils. <laughs>